to your, your current life, there's no comparison. Just don't even try, right? It, it says everything about heaven is far beyond anything you can imagine, even our trials in life, right? Even as, as bad as life can be and as difficult as life can come or difficulties that, that life can bring to us, it does not compare. Even as great as this life can be uh, and the wonderful and blissfulness of it, it does not compare to what God has created or made for us. And Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. And remember that he didn't make that statement until after he came to the earth, lived here for 33 or so years, and then died. So he understood and knows what we desire, if you will, or what, what really heaven ought to be from uh, going from human life to uh, the spiritual. So, all right. I want to go back to Deuteronomy now. So that's just a, kind of a recap of where we left off with contentment. I want to go to look at Deuteronomy because we're talking about learning how to be content, right? And so that helps to increase our positive mental attitude, our outlook on life. And it was something that God expected his people to learn, how to be content. And it's something that God expects us to learn today. So look at what he did in Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, beginning at verse 1, to help them to learn contentment. There's a word that's going to be used. There's, there's a thought, a concept, I should say, that's going to be utilized in Deuteronomy 8 that we have to carry into our lives today in order to be content. The secret of contentment. Verse 1. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give your for, to your forefathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So, so what was the purpose of the wilderness? It was a humbling. It was a test, right? The wilderness was both a humbling and a test. So if God humbles us, how do we respond to God's humbling, right? When God humbles us, how do we respond to God's humbling? Um, how did they respond to God's humbling? Look at verse 3. What did he do? And he humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Okay, let's think about this verse just for a moment. So Jesus said that, right? Jesus gave us the key to contentment in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 through the example that he exemplified through temptation, but also... Um, through his hunger, right? He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Satan came, the tempter came, and, and commanded, said to him, command that these stones become bread. What did Jesus have to do in that hour of hunger, if you will, on that 40th day? What did Jesus have to do to, uh, um, to help himself, if you will, to overcome that temptation? This is one word. And the one word is trust. He had to trust God. In that hour of need, right? So you can imagine, this is, this is an extreme. 40 days without food. So this isn't like I'm hungry, you know, because I missed lunch, right? No, that's not what it is. 
40 days, right? He, ta- he fasted 40 days. Satan comes right at that time. The Spirit leads him out there. And, and, and it was in his hunger that he had to trust that God would provide, right? So Deuteronomy 8, God said, when I, when I passed you through the wilderness, and you can imagine now, we have to take our minds there. So you're, you're in a desert land, and you know, you're, you're, you're parched, right? You, you want something to drink. You do anything for some food, some water, get out of that hot sun. You're weak, right? You're weakened from the sun, and, and your, your body is aching because of the, the, the distance that you're traveling. When you read about uh, how, the, how where they traveled every day is the, uh, the cloud moved, the pillar. They moved with God, and he, he took them, if you will. I'm not going to say beyond, but he, 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 um, he pushed them to the limit, to their boundaries, and he let them hunger because he knew what he was going to do for them. And the point of that humbling and the point of that allowing them to hunger was to teach them to trust in God who will always be right on time. He may not be there when you want him to be there, even though he's always there, right? He may not answer that prayer when you expect him to, but he will never, ever be late. He will always be right on time. So now, contentment, positive mental attitudes. What do I know? I know that whatever circumstance, Paul says, I've learned how to be content in every circumstance, right? Good and the bad. Because he understood the value of trusting in God all the way to the end. Right? Does that make sense? Right? All the way to the end. In other words, it's easy to trust God in good times, but what about the bad stuff? Right? You've got to trust him in the good stuff in order to be able to really trust him in the bad stuff. Sometimes, though, through the bad stuff, we learn to trust him even more. But the point is, trusting God was uh, a lesson that was taught through the humbling of Israel in the wilderness. And that was a teacher for being content in your circumstance. It doesn't always involve food, obviously. It involves life in general, but trusting in God. So I want tonight to focus just for a moment um, on, on trusting in God in our positive mental uh, attitude. So what do we know about trust does it have to be learned or is it automatic what do you think yeah it's got to be learned right how do you learn to trust you ain't got to know what trust really is you have to you have to know the opposite the converse of, of trust right you have to know what it's you have to know who to trust and who not to trust right you learn that and so is there ever uh, was there ever or has there ever been a circumstance in your life, I'm not, I'm not asking the question to be answered, but was there ever a circumstance in your life where you didn't really trust God? You didn't think God could do it, right? I mean, you prayed to him and you, you wanted him to do it, but you didn't really, let me just say, I, I've done that. You may not have. Uh, and in fact, the saints did it as well. When you look at in the book of Acts and um, you find they were praying for Peter's release. And who was at the gate? Rhoda. And they left her out there, didn't they? They're like, well, you know, they, they left Peter, rather, excuse me. Peter was at the gate. Rhoda went to open the gate and said, wait, you can't be here. You're in jail. And she goes back in and goes, hey, guys, what are we praying for? We're praying that Peter's released. Guess what? Peter's out there. Peter's not out there. Well, why are you praying? Right? It's like it's unbelievable, right? But not with God. All things are possible 
through Christ who strengthens me, not with God. So that's a, a, you know, a biblical example of, of that idea of, of not trusting in God. But we know in our own lives, maybe there's been a time where you faltered a little bit in your faith. You know, like right now you've got this strong, super um, amazing faith, and, but it's not always that way, right? It's easy to be faithful in good stuff, in good times. What about in those really bad times? What about in our hardships? You know, what we're saying, dear Lord, this is it. This is the last being I have. I know you'll provide another one, Lord. I don't know when, but I know what's coming. How many of us can really say that? We know that. Remember the, the lady who, Elisha comes along, and you think of the audacity of Elisha in the book of, um, um, uh, where is that at? Um, uh, the passage I'm looking for, I'll get, to, get it to you in a second. He, he, he has the audacity of kings, first kings. He goes to this lady, and, and he says to her, hey, uh, make, me a, make me some food. And she says, oh, you know, all we have left is just, we were going to make this last batch of food. It's all the, all the meal we have left, my son and I, and we were going to just eat it and die. And he goes, okay, that, that's fine. Go make mine first. What? Did you not hear what I just said to you? I think I heard. Uh, go make mine first, and then it won't run out. Don't worry about it. And you know what she did? She did exactly what he said, and it didn't run out. Um, wow, would I have responded in that way? Right. Positive mental attitude, focusing on God, trusting in God. Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37. Let's begin at verse 3. And let's, let's think about learning to trust in God. Psalm 37 and verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Why does doing good have anything to do with trusting in God? What do you think? Romans 12 says, do not take out your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. How about there? Let's start right. <laughs> start with that one, right? Instead, if your enemy is hungry, do what? Feed him. Trust in God. Trust in God. Feed him. And if he's thirsty, do what? Give him a drink of water. Now, do you throw it in his face? No. Right? Do you throw the water? No, you... You, you take care of him like Jesus did Judas, right? Trust that God will take care of everything. That doesn't mean I don't have to do something. In fact, he tells me to do something. But trusting that God, not only does he know, but he also cares, right? He knows and he cares. And so the text says to trust in the Lord and we, we exemplify that trust by doing good. Because God says, what you sow, you what? You reap. So do I trust him? You know, if, if I'm the woman at uh, Zarephath, if I'm that woman who comes and Elijah comes up and he's a prophet of God, you know he's a prophet of God, do I trust God? Not it, I don't trust the prophet. Do I trust God? that what God says actually is true and will happen. Do I trust him? Right? And so that's what we're looking at tonight. How can I have a positive mental attitude? I can trust, or I do, trust a God who, who's got this. <laughs> He's got it. Right? 
He has it all completely and totally under control. When I hear the news about, about you know, wars and, and, and rumors of wars and, oh, yeah, he told me that, didn't he? He already told me, hey, by the way, Tony, um, there's going to forever be wars and rumors of wars. Oh, okay. This is not something new, right? Lord, I, Lord, I, I don't know. I mean, what was going to happen? Don't worry about it. No war is going to end the world. Oh, there was World War I. Uh, don't worry about it. The world still exists. I'm going to end the world. Oh, okay. I trust you, right? It's not to worry about the, the doom and gloom. We don't live in the doom and gloom of life because when it's all over, you're not going to know it anyway. I mean, you're not going to know what's coming. It's just going to happen, right? At the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says, right? So I trust that God has everything under complete and total control. Now, that's, that's generically speaking. What about in my personal life? Yeah, right? And if I trust in God, I can be positive in every situation because I know two things. God knows and God cares. And if God knows and God, God cares, I know God's got it already taken care of. Right? What does that mean? Does that mean it goes always in my favor? No, it means God brings me through it and whatever it is. Right? It's not always going to go my way. If it always goes my way, well, I, I have no temptation, no struggles in life. But there's going to be struggle in life. But I know that God's got it already taken care of. I believe that. I trust that. I believe that if, I, if God says, Tony, walk through that field of landmines, did that a few times in the military, you know, God says, I got you, I know where all the mines are, don't worry, I'll guide you, you go on and walk through there. Would you walk through that landmine, happy? Right? I don't need to be cautious, I'm good. Lord, open my eyes up, help me to see. Right? God, and the world is like that, the world's a landmine, right? I always think of, you know, today, Satan laid out, you know, I don't know, 35 traps for me. And uh, they're out there, and I don't know where they are, but they're there. And I wonder how many God removed. Yeah, I don't know, but I know that he removed whatever I couldn't handle. Right? Thank you, God. I, we trust in God and know that God is truly going to take care of whatever it is. Right? Uh, he goes on the next part of that verse, to dwell in the land and cultivate, um, cultivate faithfulness. So in the land that we're living in, wherever it is, Allow everything that happens in our day to strengthen our faith, right? Both the good and the bad. Everything you can think of that happened today. Think about your day and think about what God has done. And the list is huge. It's just a massive list for each one of us um, as to what God has done for us just today. Just, I mean, just the anatomy. We start there and then we move on beyond the anatomy and we go to our travel and then we, we leave our travel and then we go to our work and we, we deal with people and we, all of that God was blessing us and watching over us through our day. Some, are, some were sick in the hospital. Some have died today. There's been a lot of things going on today. Things that we don't even know about. But in my personal life, I know that God made it seem like today was like almost every other day. How do you do that? Because he's got it covered. But it's not always going to be like that. Every day will not be like that. Yesterday wasn't like that. In fact, a couple days ago, a brother in Christ said, no, he just died. Out of nowhere, just unexpected died. You go, wow. Life is short, we say, or whatever it may be. Like, wow. We, we didn't even know he was sick. The next verse says, in verse 4, 
Here's that positive mental attitude. Delight yourself in the Lord, right? There's this, this excitement about Jesus. You know, you think about a delightful meal or things that are delightful, things that meditate, Philippians 4 and verse uh, 8 and 9. You know, what you're dwelling on, dwell on things that are trustworthy and honorable. And that whole list that's there. Delight yourself in the Lord, verse uh, 4. And he will give you the desires of your heart. What are my desires? Right? Now, we got to be thinking spiritually, shouldn't we? Right? Well, uh, Mercedes Benz, and I want to, I want to, whatever, I want. No. What, what is, what is your main goal in life? It should be to get to heaven, right? Whenever it's time, I'm, I need to be ready, right? That's, that's why I became a Christian. Right? To serve God, honor God, and go to heaven. Right? Selfishly, I'll be honest. Like, oh, wait, look at all the benefits here. There's no reason not to be a Christian. Look at what I get. Right? And, and, so, and, and so this great desire, this delight, is in the afterlife. Because something I know about this life is, this life is going to be, for everyone, full of trouble. And God already told us that. He said uh, in Revelation 12, uh, about verse 11, uh, woe to the earth and those who, who dwell in it because the devil is going to wreak havoc on all of us, right? And he has a short time. He tells us also in First Peter 5 that um, Satan prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And, and God gave us so many instances in the Bible to say, hey, life's going to be full of stuff. But our responsibility is, as God's people, in order to have, a, have and maintain a positive mental attitude, is to trust in God. It doesn't make light of sickness or sorrow or struggle. It doesn't make light of any of those things. But trusting in God is the ultimate for all of us. It's the only way we're going to get through this, right? It's the only way we're going to get through this. Now, how many times does the Bible say that? Well, it says it all throughout, from the very beginning to the end. It's one of those threaded ideas that carries from Genesis to uh, the book of Revelation. I want to go to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. And then I want to uh, open the floor up for just a moment because I want us to think about this. We're talking about having a positive mental attitude, having learned contentment, right? Having learned contentment and having a positive mental attitude. Proverbs 3 verse 5. And by the way, you go back to Psalm 37 and complete that reading. It's a great, a great reading. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse at verse 5. Trust in the Lord. So here's that cultivation, because to get to the next part, <laughs> you have to have cultivated some stuff. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not See, God doesn't want us to come halfway. He wants us to just, just jump in. Right? <laughs> just go on, jump in. Because, you know, trust with all of your heart. And the challenge is and do not lean on your own understanding. You know? But Lord, you don't know. God does know. But God, you don't care. God does care. Right? Based on those two factors alone, it gives us the ability to truly trust in God because the knowledge that God has is beyond my own personal knowledge and the understanding that God has is beyond my own personal understanding and God's knowledge and understanding encompasses the past, the present, and the future. And so I can trust him. And so I can have a positive mental attitude knowing 
that whatever's going on in my life at this moment, that God has got it. Right? He's got it under complete control. Does he? Or did he just wind it up? Wind the world up, crank, 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 and let it go? Is he really intimately acquainted with your life? Think about that. Is God really intimately acquainted with our lives? And, and if so, then can we give God the honor that's due his name and walk around with a positive mental attitude? Knowing two things. One is, we're all going to die. Every one of us. But if you die with the Lord, you win, right? It's about victory in Christ, right? Victory in Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him. There's that all again. It's all inclusive. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Okay, now, <clears throat> without making this a... Um, a negative uh, moment where we get to say, okay, um, God has been there for me without going into all the bad things that have happened in our lives. Can we say that God has truly been there for us throughout our entire lives? Can, you all, can, you, can we all say that? I got like 10 nods, maybe. And we can't, maybe we can't all say it. Can we all say it? We're Christians. Can we look back and we analyze our lives and, and looked at it and viewed it from a biblical perspective, right? Looking at what the scriptures say about other people's lives, watching what others have gone through and putting together all the principles of life. And can we say honestly and truly that God has taken care of us all of our lives, right? Our entire, our entire lives, right? Okay. Um, some of you agree and some of you don't. If you don't agree with that, if God has not taken care of me my entire life, who took care of me? Right? Who, who did it? If it wasn't God, who did it? And that's where our arrogance comes in. I did it. Did you? Right? Probably not. Mama took it well. I mean, right? It's, it's God. And even though we don't feel it, right? It's not this amazing, amazing magical feeling. Um, we, we trust because God says, I'm the creator. <laughs> I, I'm the greatest psychologist. I'm the greatest physician. I'm the greatest of everything in your life that you'll ever need. Things that you understand and things you don't understand. Um, did God know that we would be born in this particular era? That's a stupid question, right? Of course he did. Why was I born in this era? And not, not you know, way back in Noah's day. Does it matter? No, but I'm grateful I was born in this era. And then I started thinking about all the things I'm grateful for. Well, you compare this era in all of its modern technologies in life to 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. I would say personally, thank you, God, that I was born in this era in comparison to then, right? Old man taught me a long time ago. He said he was 96, Brother Smith. Uh, uh, he said to me, he was just bat recently baptized, sat in his home, and I was asking him a question. I said, like, tell me something, brother. Um, man, how'd you, how'd you live without the radio? I just asked that question, just making conversation. <laughs> and he, he wasn't taking light of it. He says, son, let me tell you something. You can't miss what you don't have. I was like, oh, yeah, right, sorry, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, I don't have to worry about what I don't have because I don't have to think about it. I'm not 
thinking about that. In fact, in, instead, rather, we're living in the moment. So if God has taken care of us in our past, who's taking care of us in our present? Who's going to take care of us in our future? Who's going to take care of the world? Who's taking care of the world? I mean, you know, the list goes on. If God is taking care of us, why, why am I not positive? Right? Shouldn't I be happy for the day and say, Lord, thank you. you. This is a day that hasn't even come yet, and you already, you're already there. So remember when 2000, it was the year 2000, and uh, we had the big um, um, Y2K. Remember that? The world was going to end, right? <laughs> remember that? That was a long time ago, wasn't it? Y2K, the world was going to end. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to die. The Maya, remember the Mayan calendar ran out? Well, at least that's what happened, right? And so the, the years ended, but it was just, maybe they ran out of ink. I remember saying that to someone. Maybe they just ran out of ink. I don't know, right? <laughs> you know, the world didn't end. And we, how many times have you heard that the world is going to end? I remember one day I was a young kid. I was about um, 13. And uh, so whenever that was. Anyway, and I, was, I remember walking to my friend's house because that was the day one of the days that um, some church had um, forecasted the end of the world. And so it was on the news. That's how I knew. I didn't go to church. So anyway, I, it was on the news, and, and everybody knew about it. And for some reason, that day, the sun was brighter than normal. It, it wasn't any brighter than normal. But I was that afraid. I just, oh, the world's going to end. It's over. And, you know, it's still here. <laughs> so, so we don't get wrapped up in, in the things that, that, um, that God already told us about. We trust, uh, we trust in God. Okay. So I want to go to Matthew 4, even though I mentioned it. I just want to go there. And I, and I want us to look at the demonstration of, of Jesus talking uh, through this temptation with Satan. And I want us to think about our own personal lives. We know the answer to this is when you're tempted, the way out is through Scripture. Know the Scripture. The Scripture will help us. Trust in faith. Trusting in God, honoring God. Jesus, in verse 1, uh, was led up by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Not a, not a good place to be, right? I mean, can you imagine that? God says, okay, I need you to go out there and meet up. But, you know, God's a, he's a creator, so he's good, right? I wouldn't have liked the experience, personally, but anyway. Uh, and after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, I imagine this walking into um, Walmart. Remember when Walmart, there was a time when, when grocery stores, uh, well, Walmart in particular, some Walmarts, be before they became super centers, didn't have, like, bakeries in them, right? Remember? And so you didn't walk in and smell bread. But now when you walk into Walmart, you smell all kinds of food. Is it more intense when you're hungry? And see, that's the design, Right? That was the design. See, they learned that if we can get you the, uh, the sensory smell, if you will, of food when you're hungry, you'll do what? Yeah, you'll shop. You'll buy more food. You'll buy snacks. You'll buy stuff not even on your list. And that was the idea, right, behind it. Um, the world's pretty good with that. So, so you can imagine that Jesus, he's fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Now, this is a question that maybe, I mean, allow me, just please indulge me for a moment in my silliness. But when Satan said, command these stones, become bread. You think he might have made them smell a little bit like, like bread? I mean, you know, maybe he didn't. Maybe the cell, maybe that didn't happen, but that sure would have helped, wouldn't it? At least on Satan's side. What, I, what I'm saying to, to you and, and to me in our, in our studies and our, th our thoughts, our mind is powerful. 
And it's where you live that you'll find strength and weakness, right? If we live where God is, we'll find strength. If we live other than that, we'll find weakness, right? So here's the question now in your mind. In your mind, if you're, if you're going into Walmart and you smell that bread, but you're not hungry, and you're, not, you're going in to get your list and get right back, get out of there, do you have the ability to defy what they have said in order? Yeah, you can, right? And our minds work the same way with temptation, right? When you live with Jesus, it's, it's, uh, it makes our, our ability uh, more positive when you're in temptation. But when you're living away from Jesus... So knows what happened. The Holy Spirit took Jesus away into the wilderness, right, to be tempted. Why couldn't he just tempt him where he was? See, there was a specific divine appointment in this particular episode where Jesus was taken somewhere, doesn't tell us where, the wilderness, somewhere where he would find himself most vulnerable and the weakest. In my thinking, it's like further away from whatever was the norm for him as far as life is concerned. Trusting in God, having that trusting faith. Because he became very, wherever that place was, and whatever was going on, he became very weak and very vulnerable. Who did he trust in? Father, right? The Holy Spirit, God. He trusted in God. And he won. He was victorious. Right? Because his focus was not on self. His focus was on God. So here's our next point about having a positive mental attitude. If my focus is on me, it's a little more difficult to have a positive mental attitude in various situations in life. But if my focus is on God, that's a whole different situation. The, the environment of focusing on God is way different than the environment, if you will, in our minds of focusing on the world and worldliness. Right? So Jesus said, man shall not live to Satan by bread alone. What was he reminding us of? We just read it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, where Jesus grabbed that. Man in his most vulnerable state of mind hungered by God they didn't die you're not going to die don't worry about it in that sense right don't focus on the food for today focus on the relationship with God right God made them hungry so they were hungry right now what does that mean I don't even know what that means but if God did it they were they felt it you know, you ever, you know, that pain of hunger, right, that resonates in your, in your abdomen? You know, you've seen those, the kids that, you know, you get gassy and then your belly begins to swell. It's hunger. And Jesus said, remember, church, don't live your life all about food. Right? That's important. How many of you get a little grumpy if you haven't eaten for a while? Right? <laughs> yeah. 
But it's not about food. Tell me that when I'm grumpy. You know, preacher, it's not about food. Get your mind off food. But you don't understand. I haven't eaten in two hours. <laughs> right? <laughs> there it is, right? Get your mind surrounded around God. You know what's amazing? Food, isn't that? It's not real. I mean, it's important. We know we need it to live, right? But look, I used to be a trained athlete. <laughs> I know what it's like to live without food. When you have to drop 20 pounds in like three weeks or a month or two months, actually more like about a month and a half. You drop 20 pounds. You know what you eat? You know what your staple food becomes? Ice chips. Right? And you know what it does? It tricks your mind into believing you're eating something. And you're not. <laughs> Just eating ice chips. And it, it if, by the way, if you're looking for, to lose weight, <laughs> eat ice chips. <laughs> It'll help. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you got to exercise too, though. But anyway, um, you eat ice chips, and, but you still had to train. You didn't, you didn't decrease your regimented training schedule. In fact, you increased it as you became closer, closer, closer to your, your event, and, and you were strong. And you know what's amazing about fasting? When you fast, there's a certain period where you grow weak, and then there's a period where you grow really strong. Isn't that amazing? And you can look at it. It's documented. If you've ever done it before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man truly doesn't live by food alone. It's a necessary, we understand that, uh, thing that we have to have to sustain ourselves. But that's not what life is all about. That was the first temptation. And then that gave Jesus the strength to keep his mind focused uh, and fixated on the Father, preparing him for what was to come. The next temptation is that would come his way. So what does God say? All right. So Ecclesiastes says, you know, man, all the man's money goes to his stomach. You know, it says that. It's kind of funny, right? And the idea is that that's exactly what happens. Most of our money goes through our stomach. It goes all the food. How much food do we have that we waste? Don't answer that, right? It's because food is like that thing where you're like, you know, you almost can't have enough of it. We have, what do we have in America? We have freezers, more than one, right, and refrigerators, and we have, we have pantries, and we have storage. Some of you have root cellars. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff, right, to make sure we have food for tomorrow. Who's going to make sure we have food tomorrow? Yeah. When God made them hungry, by the way, there was a time with this whole manna. Remember God said when you go um, to, to get the manna, uh, only get a certain amount. If you get too much, what am I going to do to it? I'm going to make it rot. And he did. He says, you only get enough for the day, and you come back tomorrow to be there. It was God's test. And many of them failed the test. Right? They're just greedy. Yeah. Grabbed a whole bunch. Going to put some away. No, it's spoiled. Right? Trusting in God. Man does not live by bread alone. Now, Jesus says, okay, so let's think about what it is that causes us to have bad attitudes. Look at Matthew 6, and let's look at verse um, 20, 25. Does God know, <laughs> and does God care? That's what we're talking about today, right? Number 1, verse 25, Jesus says, For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life, as to what you, there it is again, right? Food, as to what you should eat or what you should put on. Why are we so worried about food? Well, because the world tells us to be worried about food, number 1, right? And because we understand that we need food to live. And then Jesus comes along and says, man should not live by food alone or bread alone. There's more to life than just food. Trust God to take care of you. It doesn't mean not to go and get food, but don't go and get so much food to where it starts to spoil. You know, you got to throw it away. And you're carrying out a bag of food that now spoiled because you took too much. You ever, you ever done that before? 
Do not be anxious about. Do not be anxious about your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Think about that. So in life, here's my struggle. What's my struggle? My struggle, oh, food and what I'm going to wear. And God says, really? Is that, what, is that all that you are? Is that, all, is that what makes you you? Are you not bigger than that? Are you not more important than that? Well, God, that's important. But isn't life more than that? Well, yeah, now it's the house I live in too, God. And then, you know, <laughs> It's more than the physical stuff, isn't it? It's about the spiritual stuff. See, here's the thing. If we get the spiritual life and everything that involves the spiritual under control, do you believe and trust that the physical will take care of itself? What do you think? God seems to think so. <laughs> he, he told us. And he tells us over and over and over again. If you get your spiritual life right and you serve and trust and honor the one who cares and the one who knows. The rest of it will be taken care of. Do I believe that? If I believe that, I can live a positive mental attitude. I can do what Paul says. I've learned how to be um, in humble circumstances. I've learned how to be in plentiful circumstances. But regardless of my circumstances, trusting in God, he says, I'm content. In other words, I'm good. Because God's good. Right? And then the last verse uh, for tonight is the next verse. And he gives us a comparison. And he says, you ever seen birds stockpiling food? Oh, never seen it. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor neither do they reap, nor gather in the barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than than a bird. We have to ask the one who knows and the one who cares. Right. So, tonight, spiritually focusing our minds on God and not being fixated on the physical, in particular, tonight's discussion, food and clothing. If I just took just those two things out of the equation... Will that help me to have a better attitude about life? Will that help me to gain a more positive mental attitude throughout the difficulties that we face every day? And the next time you go hungry, you miss a meal, and you find yourself being grouchy, remember, man does not live by bread alone. All right. Thank you for your time. We'll come back. Next week and pick up our next, uh, our next thought. Thank you very much.